We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Is Oregon heading to the Big Ten? Well, nothing's finalized yet, but we know that it's at least looking more likely. We're talking conference realignment buzz on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Man, conference realignment. The gift that keeps on giving uh, feels like there is, for the longest time, it feels like there was no end in sight, and we still don't even have a definitive end, but there is some serious traction with some of these recent developments this week, and you know, I'll be honest, I was never really one that was super interested in conference realignment. If you guys have been watching me or listening to me, reading me for a while, I really haven't, you know, dived really haven't delved into those waters a whole heck of a lot because it just seems like there were all these tweets, all these rumors, and, you know, so much smoke about, you know, one school going here, another school going here, but nothing ever happened. And this was months and months and months on end. So I was just kind of saying, hey, let me know when something actually happens. But it looks like we could be very close to some resolution here in the conference realignment saga. And, uh, Oregon's obviously been a school that has been very, very uh, relevant and prevalent in a lot of these talks. So, you know, we obviously know that that USC and UCLA are heading to the Big Ten uh, in 2024. And then there's a recent domino that fell when Colorado uh, said that they were going to be returning to the Big 12 after doing absolutely nothing in the Pac-12. I have nothing against Colorado. That's just the facts. That's just what it is especially if we're talking football. I mean, I can only think of the 2016 season, I think it was, you know, horrible year for Oregon. Uh, and I think it was Mike McIntyre was still the coach at the time. Uh, and they and they had their best season that year. But, you know, Colorado has been the doormat of, of Pac-12 football during their time in the conference. So really don't think it's that big of a deal that they're leaving. But at the same time, it's significant because their departure – uh, you know, kind of comes right on the heels, you know, over overlaps with this new proposed Pac-12 media deal from pa- Commissioner George Klyavkov. And, uh, you know, I don't have the exact specifics, but, you know, the, the proposed deal was 
more or less exclusively streaming on Apple TV with about $20 million, the estimated, uh, you know, amount for each member school and an opportunity for, you know, incentives depending on subscriptions. Uh, and, you know, if the numbers went up from there, but, you know, the fact that they had so much time to put together a media deal that was going to incentivize the remaining Pac-12 schools to stay in the conference, you know, say, hey, you you are valued. We, we feel like you have a good product that you can help us deliver. That They had so much time between USC and UCLA announcing their departure to the Big Ten and now. And that's the best that you could do. Apple TV, what a joke. And it seems like it makes all the sense in the world because that's kind of what the Pac-12 conference has become. Uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, especially within college football. Uh, the Pac-12 has been a, a pretty good conference when you're talking about basketball, certainly baseball, um, you know, Stanford, UCLA, USC, and uh, you know, schools like that have, have really made a name for themselves in the uh, Olympic sports as well, if we're just taking football out of the equation for a moment. But let's be real here. Football is what's driving this. The money is driven by football. So if we're just looking at football, um, that's that's what's going to move the needle here. So some of the recent developments that we have, the first one came earlier today. Um, it is Thursday as I record this. I'm not quite sure when it's going to get posted, just depending on turnaround time on, on YouTube and whatnot. But Brett McMurphy of uh, Action Network tweeted on Thursday, quote, Big Ten just trying to figure out financials at this point on Oregon and Washington. Sources told Action Network HQ, a uh, quote from a source, there is no more research or information needed on Oregon and Washington. Big, Big Ten sources said, quote, we have everything we need. So now it just seems like not a matter of if, but when. When are Oregon and Washington going to be uh, headed to the Big Ten? Um, you know, it, it seems like they are more or less tied at the hip at this point when you're looking at these conference realignment talks, specifically with regard to the Big Ten. Um, and, you know, all of this also, you know, happens, all these developments are going on with a, a whole lot of traction and a lot of talk about Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah moving to the Big 12. So you're looking at five more schools. Sorry, I got a helicopter passing over. You're looking at five more schools potentially, almost half of you know the now Pac-10 on the move potentially, which would be pretty obvious in terms of just spelling the demise of the Pac-12. And you know Brett McMurphy isn't even the only guy that's reporting on this. Obviously, you got all the big name reporters. Uh, you know Pete Thamel uh, with ESPN also uh, has been doing a really good job covering this, and he wrote a story uh, titled "Realignment Buzz." Um, it's a uh, family's realignment buzz. What's next for the PAC 12, big 10, big 12. And in that story, you know, he's as plugged in as anybody when it comes to the national scene. He, I'm going to read some of it here. Oregon is now viewed as charting the course for the PAC 12's future. If the ducks are comfortable with a big 10 offer, Washington would follow, but there's also a chance Oregon may be comfortable with the ambiguity of the PAC 12's deal. Stay put and try to dominate the PAC 12. Thamel goes on to write, still, the Big Ten is ultimately a goal for both Oregon and Washington, and a transitory financial phase for a multi-generational decision would seem to make sense, but they could stay in a more geographically sensible league and enjoy clearer access to the college football playoff. 
and the remain forces working against Oregon and Washington's additions, both from the West Coast and the Heartland. There's a sense the Big Ten's decision could be tied to what the three remaining four corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, end up doing. But there's also the idea those schools want to wait and see what Oregon and Washington end up doing. So there's a lot of things we can get into here, but you know, I think really the biggest takeaway for me is that Oregon going to the Big Ten is looking the most likely that it ever has since all of these realignment rumors initially started popping off. Um, and I think we can look at this a couple of different ways in terms of should Oregon stay in the Pac-12 or should Oregon go to the Big Ten? I know a lot of fans are going to be quick to just jump on the Big Ten train, and, and I think that's you know a good situation for Oregon, but it's also important to look at the other side of things. What are the benefits to staying in the Pac-12? I think the most obvious benefit is your clear path to the college football playoff. We all know that the college football playoff uh, is, is set to expand uh, in the very near future uh, to 12 teams and, um, you know, really more or less grant auto bids for power five uh, conference champions. So you could very well be looking at Oregon, you know, sitting back and saying, Hey, let's like, like Thamel said in his story, let's just stay in the pac 12 and dominate with, with USC and UCLA uh, off the table, that really just leaves Washington and Utah as the main conference contenders that Oregon's going to have to go up against. Granted, Oregon State uh, clearly has something figured out with Jonathan Smith, especially after beating the Ducks last year, but maybe we don't want to put too much stock in one game. But, you know, Oregon, Washington, and Utah, those are your most attractive, most appealing schools and most proven schools just in terms of what they've done. Let's throw out the last, you know, let's focus on the last 10 years. So if Oregon stays in the Pac-12 and you just run through everybody, yeah, that makes sense. That That's how you can get back to the playoff once it expands, uh, just balling out in a weak conference. Um, and, and that's kind of echoing the point that I've had uh, during this offseason, just as far as getting back to the playoff and, and why it's important for Oregon to have a good season this year. With the, with the playoff expanding, if you have a lot more spots available, which you will, it's kind of going to drive down the value of those spots, right? When you go from four to 12. So this is kind of the last year that making the playoff means something. That's not to say it's not going to mean something when it expands, but it's going to mean more when you're one of those four teams that can ultimately make it to the playoff. So that's why I think this upcoming season is, is so important for Oregon and, and, you know, what they're ultimately going to be able to do in Dan Lanning's second season. And I don't think that Oregon, I don't think they need to worry too much about the financial side of things. I mean, obviously it's very important, but like that is a sport at Oregon that is always going to be taken care of. The boosters are always going to be willing to put the money out for, you know, Phil Knight's obviously that main booster over there. He's not going to be around forever. He's getting up there in age. We all know that. Um, but he has been nothing if not generous uh, with his donations to the athletic department and specifically for Oregon football. So I think that Oregon, you know, as crazy as it sounds to stay in the Pac-12, I don't think it would be the worst case scenario for them um, just because you could, you know, like they said, dominate in a, a weak league and, and get back to the pack, get back to the college football playoff with some relative ease. But now let's look at it from the other standpoint, making that move to the Big Ten, joining the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, you know, a lot of big time programs that 
are at the forefront of college football. And I just think that the, the timing of this is just all so crazy because this is this is you're looking at the demise of the Pac-12 right after what looks to be one of the most promising seasons the conference has seen in recent years. I mean, look at the quarterback lineup from top to bottom throughout the conference. This is the best set of quarterbacks that the Pac-12 has had to offer in quite some time. Obviously, you have Bo Nix at Oregon. You have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams at, at USC. Probably Dante Moore is going to be the guy at UCLA, former five-star quarterback in the 23 class. You have Michael Penix at Washington. Um, you have Cameron Rising at, at Utah. DJ Uyunglele at, at uh, Oregon State. Um, there's, just, there's just no shortage of headliners. And you would think just looking on that and you know, all the promise that the season has that the trajectory of the Pac-12 should just be on the up and up. But that's not the case because Larry Scott absolutely just put put the Pac-12 in the worst possible spot. I mean, that's like the understatement of the century, but. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. His failure as a commissioner is obviously what set all of this in motion. And then George Klyovkov's early, early work as conference commissioner. I mean, th this had to be the priority from the second he got hired, figuring out how to salvage the Pac-12 conference. Maybe not the second he got hired, but you know, once USC and UCLA announced, hey, we're out of here, that had to be your priority. And for the, for the, the media deal to only be what it is, it's just not enough. It's sim simply put, it is not enough. And I think that some fans are probably looking at it with Oregon and the Big Ten from the perspective of, you know, we don't want to get left behind. They're playing big time football in the Big Ten. And obviously, Oregon's not going to get into the SEC. And it just doesn't make that much sense. Um, you know, logistically, the Big Ten makes sense because if you take Washington with Oregon, you have Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA stretch all all of the time zones and you have four west coast teams that can play each other uh, every year potentially um you know depending on how the, the scheduling all works out but going to the big 10 would obviously be the better financial move for oregon given the conference's partnership with fox as a, a media partner um but it's just it seems like the leadership is just so much more um organized and proven and just on board with the direction that college football and college athletics is going in the big 10 and the, the who's who are going to be 
you know, in the Big Ten or the SEC, um, you know, in, in the coming years. And there's been some chatter that Clemson and Florida State might be trying to bolt to get to the the Big Ten. So like that's something to monitor too, which is crazy. Um, and then I also saw the the report earlier this week uh, about Cal and Stanford being you know possible options that the Big Twelve, a Big Ten, excuse me, wants to add. Uh, if and when they can get Oregon and Washington. So um, it's, it's just a really interesting development to, to track here. And I'm, I'm kind of excited and you know getting a little bit fired up, admittedly, uh, that it looks like we might finally be on the brink of an announcement. Um, you know, it, it seems like, you know, some of the people that I've talked to, um, you know, I don't want to wade too much into these waters because I'm, I'm not, I don't want to consider myself an insider when it comes to conference realignment, like some of these huge national writers, but um, it seems like, you know, uh, Oregon feels like it's, this is going to happen, you know, sooner rather than later. But at the same time, I, I don't think that Oregon is looking at this as a situation where they're going to get left behind because if, like I was just saying, I don't want to repeat myself again, but if they can, if they can run the pack and get back to the college football playoff, then that's ultimately the situation you want to be in. Um, but a lot of people also want to talk about Dan Lanning's contract, right? Massive contract extension for Dan Lanning and, it kind of makes you wonder, is Rob Mullins making that deal, that contract with, with Dan Lanning, if he isn't confident that there's going to be a lump sum of money coming in from somewhere to, to help pay for that contract? I don't know, but you can kind of read between the lines there and see that the contract coming when it did, and then this development of Oregon possibly heading to the Big Ten uh, in the near future, it makes a lot of sense. And another thing that I always like to talk about is recruiting, right? There, there's been – there is – recruiting impact when it comes to conference realignment and where the sport is heading, you know, who's going to be able to take care of their players, uh, who's going to be able to make sure that, that they're able to um, be sustainable in today's era of name, image, and likeness of NIL. Um, and, and we already know that Oregon's doing a really good job of that. Uh, when, it, when you talk about NIL, right, you have all the player exclusive shoes that are being, um, that are being sold. And, you know, a portion of those shoes that are sold goes to everybody, you know, on, on the roster. I feel like that that's been pretty publicly um, talked about. And that's just one little, uh, that's just one little, you know, fraction of the NIL picture at, at Oregon. And, you know, I, I've been talking to a lot of people uh, as someone who covers recruiting heavily. And I've been told that Oregon's NIL approach is just top, top tier and different from a lot of other schools. Um, and obviously the, the Nike connection plays a huge part of that. So in that regard, I feel like that's helped Oregon navigate this conference uncertainty because let's not kid ourselves. There is a whole lot of negative recruiting going on against Oregon from schools like USC or just schools that are competing against Oregon on the recruiting trail Oh, what do you want to do? Go play in the Pac-12 where, you know, people can't even watch your games and they're going to be left behind. You know, I'm not saying those are specific things that have been said, but there's a lot of negative recruiting going on right now when it comes to Oregon on, on the recruiting trail and, and their uncertainty when it comes to all of these conference realignment headlines. So if Oregon is able to get into the Big Ten, I think it's absolutely going to give them some certainty and it's only going to help them uh, sharpen their recruiting acumen. You know, Oregon has the the number 12 class right now, I think, in the 2024 recruiting class. 21 commits, number 12 
overall. Um, I don't think that moving to the Big Ten would skyrocket them up the rankings or anything, but it would just they're, they're already doing such a good job recruiting. You know, I talked about um, Elijah Rushing and a couple other big names. You know, Nate Frazier is going to be announcing his college commitment this upcoming weekend. I think that's going to be Georgia, even though I really felt good about Oregon's chances earlier on in this one. But they're the back-to-back champs, and, and you can only, you know, do so much there uh, once Georgia comes calling. But I think that I'm also thinking about Micah Benuelos in the 2023 class. He's a USC offensive lineman, and, and he – was very direct uh, during his commitment ceremony, you know, in his uh, live interview talking about how USC heading to the big 10 was part of what played a role in his decision. So if Oregon's in the big 10, it's only going to level the playing field that much more when it comes to recruiting. But I think another thing you have to look at is just Oregon going to the Big Ten, if they do do that, it does make their path to the playoff that much harder. Um, you know, who knows how the divisions are ultimately going to be set up, but, you know, there's a lot of heavy hitters in that conference. You know, how do you feel if you're an Oregon fan about the Ducks going up against Ohio State, going up against Michigan? I'm sure Duck fans are excited for, uh, you know, potential future matchups with Michigan State, right, after that series uh, when Marcus Mariota was at Oregon. And then when Vernon Adams was at Oregon, he got hurt, and then they lost that game in uh, pretty crazy fashion. But you're going to be getting Iowa, and Oregon versus Iowa game is obviously a possibility if they end up heading over there. It's just a crazy time. Um, and I'm sure that depending on how long you've been an Oregon fan, I've, I've only been following Oregon personally since about 2012, my freshman year in high school. So I know I'm on the younger side of things, and there's a lot I haven't seen, but it just sounds crazy to think that Oregon could be playing their – their football and their athletics in the big 10 conference. But at the same time, it, it makes a lot of sense just because this is the direction that college athletics has been going in, you know, it's either act or get left behind. Um, yeah. I just, I think that staying in the pac 12 seemed like kind of a end of the world scenario, just because it has become such a shell of itself and just a disaster. But at the same time, the thing that really keeps me optimistic about Oregon, if they do stay in the Pac-12, is that it helps them just get back to the playoffs. So I don't want to repeat myself too many times. Um, I, I didn't, you know, plan this show out really, really thoroughly. Um, we just had a couple updates that we're running with, so I'm throwing some commentary in there as well. But we'll see what uh, ends up happening for Oregon when it comes to the future of their conference realignment. Um, and, and where they ultimately find themselves. I think the last thing that I'll throw in there is just this is this could be a very good move for football, but it's going to be difficult for some of these other sports that play, um, you know, on tighter schedules, tighter turnarounds. You know, you're looking at baseball, basketball, even football only has to travel once a week. So that's really easy. But if this does happen, I can't help but feel a little bit for some of those other athletes that are going to have to deal with, you know, balancing school and, a crazy travel schedule and, you know, going all the way out uh, in some cases, you know, to the East coast, if you're playing Penn state or something, you're going to really have to be uh, on your game. And that's going to be something in the classroom and obviously on the field. So it's going to be quite a crazy time in college athletics if, and when that happens. But the, the case in point in all of this, in this episode is that it looks like it's going to be happening. We just have to see what happens. You know, you're seeing more board meetings. I think Washington's holding one on Thursday evening, 
Arizona held one. So it's picking up steam. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Oregon and Washington make their move first or if Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah make their moves first. But fortunately for Oregon, I think they're in a great situation. You lock in Dan Lanning for the long term, you know, shows tremendous commitment to him after just one season. But he is incredibly dedicated to this team, to this community in Eugene. Um, he's he's going to be around for the long haul, and everything he's said and done has really reflected that. So even though it's a crazy time in college athletics, I think that if you're an Oregon fan, you love where the Ducks stand right now. I think that with the way that their recruiting has been on the rise with the on-field product and the coaching staff that, that, we, that Oregon has right now, it sets up for success. Am I saying that Oregon's going to go in and win the Big Ten? Not necessarily. I think there's might be a learning curve, but I think that they're at the very least in a really good spot to be competitive, and um, especially with the transfer portal as well. It's only going to help close the gap. So we're in fall camp now. Uh, Thursday is the second day of practice. You know, there was a quote that was going around about Gary Bryant just talking about Rod Pleasant, the true freshman corner from Southern California, just how he his speed is just different and uh they had some races and he definitely earned some respect from from his teammates but we'll continue to see what other updates we get as fall camp continues in eugene uh scheduled to hear from tosh lapoy and will stein uh, on thursday so we'll see what kind of updates we can get there about the quarterback room uh we know that bonix is going to be the starter but i think a lot of people are more interested in the defense and Tosh LePoy and Dan Lanning taking that next step with guys like Jordan Birch, like Kyrie Jackson, like Tyshim Johnson and, and Evan Williams, you know, the list goes on. Mateo Uyunglele is a guy who had a himself a heck of a spring. So there's going to be no shortage of storylines and I'm going to do my best to keep up with them, but um, that'll do it on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you tap in with me, lock in with me on Twitter and Instagram at mtaurussports. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. And as always, you can find my written work on ducksdigest.com. Do me a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, and with other Duck fans. But until next time, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to talk some ball with me. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.